All right, are you ready for the word now? Amen. Are you ready for the word? Let's, let's, let's get into the word this morning. Amen. Well, you know, this time of year is good for evaluation. How many understand what I'm saying this morning? It's a good time to evaluate where we are, where we've been, and where we are going. The title of my message today is Take a Look. Say, Take a Look. My challenge for all of us today is to take a look in four directions. The first one is, I think we need to look backward. We need to look backward. Now, most people would tell you that it's not good to look back. You know, you can't live your life looking in the rearview mirror, they would say. And I understand that, and I agree with that. But I'm not talking about living in the past. What I'm saying is, I'm saying that the past can help us tremendously with our future. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse uh, number 7 says, Remember the days of long ago. Think about the generations past. Ask your father and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders and they will tell you. So this morning, I challenge all of us here this morning, we need to take a look backward. We need to review this past year, but also the years preceding that as well. And as we do this, the best way I think that we do this is by asking questions. How many know we can learn a lot by asking questions? So I've got a lot of questions for us to ask ourselves today. First question uh, today is uh, about looking backward, and that is, what can we learn? As we look backwards, as we look back over the past year and over our past life, ask, we need to ask ourselves, what can we, what can we learn? See, it's not, it's not enough to just make it through something, but we should gain some knowledge along the way. See, see, the reason why some people never make it from point A to point B is because they haven't learned the lesson that point A was intended to teach them. And until they learn the lesson in point A, then they will not be allowed to move on to point B. I like what the wisdom writer writes in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 5. He writes and he says, whoever learns from correction is wise. And he also said in Proverbs 18 and verse 15, he says, he says, intelligent people are always ready to learn. He says, their ears are open for knowledge. So this morning, as we look backward, let's ask ourselves, what can we learn? What, what worked? What is it that we did last year that, that worked? Ask ourselves, what worked us? What worked us? Uh, what helped us? What hindered us? Second question that I think we should ask ourselves as we take a look backward today, and that is this question, and that is, that is what should we leave behind? What should we leave behind? What is it that, that behind us that we did in the past that wasn't effective, that didn't work, that we do not need to take in to our future? What did we try that didn't work? Uh, who did we partner with that, that didn't prove productive? Uh, which methods proved ineffective. Hey, you've heard me say it many times. If we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got. So in looking backward, we need to ask ourselves, what can we learn? And we need to ask ourselves, what should we leave behind? And, and, and Hey, the third question I think we ought to ask ourselves is this, and that is what can we laugh about? Yeah. That's good. That's good. What can we laugh about? 
Hey, don't take yourself so serious. No one else is. Give yourself some grace and, and, and own your mistakes. And understand that everybody makes them. <laughs> yes, even you. <laughs> yes, even me. I'll never forget, it's many, many years ago in my very early ministry. I, I remember I had a lady in my church. I'm trying to be kind and not say anything that's not politically correct, you know, because I'm really careful about that, you know. Can I just say this woman was a little wacky? Is that terrible to say? How many understand what I say? She's a little bit wacky. And, and she would get out of control sometimes. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a young preacher, you know, and I don't know everything I'm supposed to be doing. And, 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 but I remember I, I was in revival. We're in revival. And, and here she comes. I'll, I'll call her Sally. That wasn't her name, but I'll call her Sally. Here comes Sally. And she is, I mean, she's on steroids that night. I mean, she's whacked out to the max. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, oh my, here we are in revival. Here we got some, some visitors from town. Here we are. Here is Sally. I know Sally's going to do something wacky tonight. I know she's going to get out of, she's going to mess. I, what is she going to, what am I going to do about Sally? And then I get this brilliant idea. Yeah, man, I know what I'm going to do. And so I, I go to Sally. She's already in the auditorium. She's already, man, I mean, she's already, I mean, just going wacky. And, and I say, Sally, I want to talk to you in my office. Would you come to my office? Oh, I've got a good idea. I know what I'm going to do. She comes to my office. I say, Sally, I get real serious. I say, Sally, we need a move of God move of God. And you know, to get a move of God, somebody's got to touch the throne of God. Sally, I need you to touch God for this service tonight. Sally, what I need you to do, I need you to go home and I need you to lock yourself in your bedroom and I need you to pray the glory down. I need you to pray for this you, I need you to be my intercessor. Would you do that for me? She looked me right in the eye and she said, you don't want me here, do you? <laughs> I was more whacked out than she was. Take a look this morning. Look, look backward. Where, where did you mess up? Own it. Take responsibility for it. Give yourself some grace. But remember, grace doesn't give us a license to continue to mess up in that area. We've got to learn something. Oh, perhaps there'll even come the time when you'll be able to laugh about it. Proverbs 17 and 22 tells us that laughter does good like medicine. I'm challenging all of us today to take a look. Say, take a look. Take a look. Yeah, but don't just look backward. Look forward. Look forward. In the book of Numbers, chapter 13, I think you'll find it on the screen. Uh, Numbers, chapter number 13. Won't find anything on that screen over there. <laughs> Numbers chapter 13. Let's, let's start reading. And it says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, 
Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. Look down to verse number 25. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us and it truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and and along the banks of the Jordan. And don't forget about those Calamites. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession. We are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and were like, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Once again, I want to give you three questions that we need to ask ourselves today as we lift up our eyes and look forward. First question we need to ask ourselves is, is what do we see? As we, as we look forward, what do we See, we just read the story, or just read the account, that there were 12 spies that were sent into Canaan to spy out the land and to bring back a report of what they, what they saw. And as we read, there was an incredibly vast difference in what these 12 men saw, right? Yeah. 10 of them saw the obstacles. Two of them saw the opportunities. Yeah. 10 of them saw why they couldn't. Two of them saw why they could. Listen, as we look forward to the future, what do we see? What do we see? Do we see the obstacles or do we see the opportunities? Do we see the grapes or do we see the giants? Do we see things as they are or do we see them as they could be? Almost 19 years ago, when my wife and I came here, we did not choose to see what was there or what was here, but we chose to see as it could be. Second question is this, what are we going to say? Yeah, not only ask yourself, what, what do we see? But ask ourselves, what, what will we say? See, 10 of the spies said, we can't. Two of the disciples said, we can. 10 of the, of the spies gave a negative report. Two of the spies gave a positive one. 10 of the spies said, but the size of those giants... Two said, but the size of those grapes. 
As we look forward, I ask us today, what do we, what do we see? And what, what will we say? Will we say second verse, same as the first, same old, same old? What will we say? Will we say, oh, oh, about the obstacles? What will we say? Will we say, but we've never done it like that before? Or will we, be that, will we be like Caleb and Joshua who said, we are well able. We are well able to take the land. Let us go up at once. Let's go right now. Let's not delay a moment longer. Let's go up at once and take this land. What will we say? Will we operate in fear or will we operate in faith? Third question I think we need to ask ourselves this morning as we look forward is this, and that is, will we seize the miraculous or will we settle for mediocrity? Now, to seize the miraculous will require risk. But what we need to understand is this, and that is, the greatest risk is riskless living. I'm going to say that again. The greatest risk is riskless living. Living. Now, let me clarify. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to clarify now. I'm not talking about living reckless. I mean, oh, there's a difference in taking a risk and living reckless. I'm not talking about living reckless. I'm talking about being willing to take calculated risks. Say calculated. Being willing to take calculated risk. Taking the risk only after doing our due diligence and counting the cost. Only after spending time, oh, in our prayer closet, seeking the face of God and seeking the direction of the Lord. Only after seeking wisdom from some wise, godly sources. I don't know what you see today. I don't know what you're going to say today, but I believe that God has great plans for our future. I believe God has great plans for our, our future as individuals and also collectively as a church, as a body. I believe that God has great plans for our future, but I also understand that those plans, oh, in order for them to materialize, will take faith on our part. I asked the question this morning, will we seize the miraculous or will we settle for mediocrity? In the case of the 12 spies, only two seized the miraculous. Numbers chapter 14, verse 22 through 24, God speaks to them and God says, because you have not heeded my voice, you will not see the land I promised. But my servant Caleb, and I'm going to add Joshua to that, because they have a different spirit about them and have followed me fully, I will bring them into this land that I promised. Oh, this morning, as we look forward to what is before us, oh, I ask the question, will we seize God's best that he has prepared for us, or will we choose to settle for less? Will we choose to settle for the easy? Will we choose to settle for the comfortable? Here's what I've learned, and that is Satan will always offer you a compromise. He will always offer you a detour. He will always offer you an alternate or easier, easier route. I have had him offer this to me several times. And to be perfectly honest with you and transparent this morning, I have even seriously considered taking him up on his option a time or two. But I'm so, 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 so glad I didn't settle. 
challenging us today to take a look, to evaluate where we are and where we've been and where we are going. I challenge us today, let's take a look, let's pause, let's evaluate, and let us look in four different directions. Yeah, I think we need to look backward. I think we need to look forward. But I also believe that we need to look inward. We need to look inward. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, Paul writes, and he says, examine yourselves and see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Once again, I have three questions for us to ask ourselves to help us look inward and evaluate what's going on on the inside of us in our heart, which is the true us. Question number one this morning, ask yourself, we're going to ask ourselves today, do we possess what we profess? I'm asking you this morning, do you possess what you profess? Paul writes to young Timothy in chapter 3 of Timothy, 2 Timothy in verse 5, and he says to Timothy, he says, some will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. So I ask us this morning, do we possess what we profess? I ask us this morning, does our walk match our talk? I ask us all here this morning, do we act one way at church and quite another way at home or at work or in recreation? Can people tell that Jesus is our Lord? Can they tell that we are a part of Christ through our character, our conduct, and our conversations? Take a look inward this morning. What is the condition of our heart? Do we need a transplant? Do we need surgery? Do we need a faulty valve replaced? Proverbs 4, chapter 4, verse 23 says to guard your heart above everything else because it determines the course of your life. And then Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26 says, God says, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. As we take a look inward today, let's ask ourselves the second question. And the second question is this, does our pride keep us from our potential? Does our pride keep us from our potential. Proverbs 16 verse 18 says, pride goes before or precedes destruction. See, pride was Satan's downfall. And it has been a major contributing factor to man and his downfall ever since. See, see, our pride will cause us to do stuff, but it'll also cause us to not do stuff. And because we do or we don't, this leads us to failure. See, 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 because of, because of pride, we will, we will push ourselves forward. We will kick the door down. We will push ourselves forward instead of waiting to be recognized and promoted. But equal to that, because of pride, some people will not accept a promotion or they will not accept a challenge for fear of failure, which in their eyes would make them look bad. And so both what we do and what we're not willing to do, both is often motivated by pride. Ask ourselves today, does my pride, does it keep me from my potential? 
James chapter four and verse number six, the Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Third question to ask ourselves as we take a peek inward today is this. Does our passion match the path we've chosen? Does our passion match the path we've chosen? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27 says, says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on that path. Don't get sidetracked. See, you've heard it many, many times, but it's true. God has a purpose for everybody. He has a purpose for every single life, not just those that are in full-time ministry. God has a purpose for all of us. See, see, life, life is like a, a big giant puzzle. And all of us are a piece to God's puzzle. And the puzzle is not complete without our peace. Have you ever put together a puzzle? And you got to the end and there was a piece or two missing. Man, you worked so hard on that puzzle and it's not complete. It's just a little bitty piece, but that little bitty piece left out makes the puzzle incomplete and it's worthless, right? God has a puzzle that he's putting together. And every single one of us are a piece to God's puzzle. And our piece is uniquely shaped. How many have ever gotten frustrated and tried to, you know, shove the wrong piece into just, you know, I can't find that piece. I'm going to make this work. You ever did that? Our piece is uniquely shaped to fit in the particular space designed especially for us by God. The question is, are we filling up our space? Are we completing our piece of the puzzle? Now, don't make this hard or complex. Your piece could be as simple as simply being somebody's spouse or or someone's parent or or child or, or mentor or best friend. The question is, are we passionate about the path that we have chosen? Do we find fulfillment in it? Again, please don't overanalyze this because even the perfect piece and the perfect fit will have its moments. I love what I do. I find fulfillment in what I do most of the time. Every once in a while. Come on. Right? I mean, in the best of situations, listen, 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 let me, life at its very best is not perfect. And let me say this this morning, if you are on a path that you're, you are not passionate about, especially if you're on a career path, please don't quit your job. If it's just not feasible to change paths for whatever reason, at least not right now, here's my advice to you, and that is, and that is seek an opportunity to volunteer somewhere in line with your passion and get your fulfillment there. You, you, you might be in a career for 20 years, man, and you've climbed the ladder, man, and it takes everything you get, you know, to take care of the family's needs. Don't, don't knee jerk and stop and start somewhere else. Amen. Keep on keeping on until the Lord, you know, gives you that 
clear path to do something different. But in the, mean, in the meantime, find somewhere you can serve. Find somewhere you can work. Find somewhere you can volunteer. Find somewhere that you can, you can plug in those gifts, talents, and abilities and find the fulfillment that you're needing. You might not find it on your job nine to five, but listen, you might find it on the weekends. You might find it somewhere else. How many understand what I'm saying this morning? The challenge for us today is for us to take a look. As we enter this new year, which offers us a clean slate and a fresh page, it's a good time for evaluation, a good time to take a look. We need to look backward. We need to look forward. We need to look inward, but also we need to look upward. We need to look upward. Psalms 121, verse 1 and 2, the psalmist writes, and he's a, he writes and he says, I look up to the mountains. And he asks the question, does my help come from there? The answer, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I'm telling you, friend, the answer is not in the mountain, but the answer is in the God of the mountain. The answer is in the God who created the mountain. So look beyond the mountain today and look upward and look heavenward because God has the answer. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Well, I only have time to merely mention two things here. And number one, and that I want to say here as we look upward this morning is, and that is prayer keeps us focused. Prayer keeps us focused. Cannot overemphasize the importance of developing a daily prayer life. And again, I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that every saint ought to pray an hour every day. Few pastors do that. Shame on the pastors. They should be. I'm not trying to put you under condemnation because you don't, you know, pray an hour or two hours or three. But listen, listen, listen. We all should have a prayer life. Whether that prayer life is three hours or five minutes, whatever it is, but we need to spend daily time with the Lord because here's what I know, and that is consistent, uh, consistently spending time with the Lord will help stabilize our life. Practicing His presence throughout our day will totally change our life. I would challenge you to learn to practice his presence. What do you mean practice his presence? Throughout the day, man, I will tell you what, I don't know how many times, I haven't stopped and counted, but many, many times throughout the day, I just, I just stop for a moment. I just say, God, you're so awesome. God, I love you. God, you're wonderful. Man, and just the presence of God that is there, amen, as I just practice his presence. Prayer keeps us focused. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 143 and verse 6, he says, I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched lamb thirsts for rain. Oh, hear me this morning. Look upward because prayer will keep you focused. Look upward because praise keeps us energized. Praise keeps us energized. Again, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 71, verse 10 through 14, he says, my enemies are whispering behind my back and they are saying God has abandoned him. But the psalmist said, but I will keep hoping for your help, God. I will praise you more and more. Praise keeps us energized. It keeps hope 
alive. I ask you this morning, what do you do? What do you do when you are tempted to lose hope? You have two choices. You can either host a pity party or a praise party. A pity party will bring you down. A praise party will lift you up. Oh, choose wisely. Choose wisely. Oh, oh, as you take a look today, don't forget to look upward because prayer will keep you focused and because praise will keep you energized. Takeaway for the message this morning is this. What we see will affect what we say. And what we say will affect what we seize. If you don't like what you've been seizing, you might check how you've been seeing and what you've been saying. Father, I thank you, Father, for, again, your infallible, life-altering, life-changing, miracle-working word. Oh, God, I pray that your word, Father, God will not return void, but it will accomplish what you intend for it to accomplish. Father, I ask in the powerful, wonderful, glorious name, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.